This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. I had this moment at the start of the year this year where I felt like I was a dog trying to chase its tail. Anybody ever seen a dog trying to chase its tail? I love dogs, but they look so stupid when they do that. They're just the one thing against dogs is chasing the tail. It looks crazy. Um, so I had this moment in January, start of the year. I was like, God, I need your presence everywhere I go. I want to feel your presence this year more than I ever felt. And I had a moment like Moses where it was like, God, if your presence doesn't go before me, then like, I don't want to be there. I want to be wherever your presence is. I want you to fill me up with more. And so I was going around looking everywhere. I was like, Jesus, where are you? He, I, he felt so distant at that point. Has anybody ever felt like God's a little distant? Like you feel like you're a little far away from God? Well, God's always there, but he's just ahead of you and he's, he's calling you deeper. He's calling you to the next place. And, and I, I just had this moment where I was looking everywhere for Jesus. I was like, Jesus, where are you? Like, I can't find you. But I had this revelation. God shared with me this verse and, and I'll share it with you in a minute. But I was like, I was looking around everywhere, but I didn't look inside. I was looking outside and, and it's like Jesus in his fullness is actually inside of me. And it was, it was like that moment where like dogs are chasing circles looking for the tail, looking for the tail and they finally catch it, realize that it's attached to them. Oh my goodness, I can't spin in circles anymore. Man, getting old socks. Um, and then I finally caught my tail and I was like, you guys, it's attached to me. Like Jesus is here with me in his fullness. It led me to this, another revelation of, of the fact that once I found Jesus, I was like, I want everything that you gave. Like, I want to see everything in the kingdom of heaven just manifest in my life and, and, and in this city. And I want to see everything. I really want to see you get everything that you paid for on the cross. And I've been on this journey trying to see that and trying to catch that. And, you know, the, one of the biggest things I hate is missed opportunities. That's like my biggest pet peeve. I hate missing out on stuff. You know, like, anybody ever been to the Mandarin? Right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Okay? You go there, you spend some good money. It's not cheap. And you, you want to get your money's worth, right? And you go in and you overstuff, you overstuff, and you walk in, you're like, oh, you're just like, oh, I got this giant food baby inside of me. Like, you're just so stuffed. You just want to get everything that you paid for. And that's what I want to see with Jesus. I want to see Jesus get everything that he paid for on the cross. I become Scottish when I go to the Mandarin. <laughs> Makes sense. It's Chinese buffet. Um, Galatians 2.20. Let's just wrap this around to a verse or something. Um, Galatians 2.20. This is the verse that helped me catch my tail. It says, My old self was cru- has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. God's been downloading this concept of unity and oneness with him that he in his absolute fullness lives inside of me. I love the way that the Passion Version, Passion Translations uh, says this verse. This is so beautiful. It says, my old identity has been co-crucified with the Messiah and no longer lives. For the nails of his cross, they crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me, and we live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God, who loves me so much that he gave himself for me, and he dispenses his life into mine. 
Wow. That sums up the entire gospel in like two sentences. It's so beautiful. And when we realize, when we finally come to the understanding that Jesus in his fullness, everything that Jesus is right now in heaven, lives inside of us, when we as a church body get that, we're going to completely change the world. Just, just me? Yeah, amen. Yeah, thank you. Um, and when we realize who Christ is in his fullness, and realize that that's what's inside of us. It's amazing. And the fullness of Christ is really what eternal life is. Eternal life is the fullness of Christ. John 3.15 says that those who truly believe in, in him, in Jesus, will not perish, but will give in eternal life. Now, I've always been of the, of the mindset that eternal life is just life after death. Eternal life is, is, is endless time. But you guys, we received eternal life when we accepted Christ. And eternal life is so much more than just time, a ceaseless time. Eternal life means all of the kingdom of heaven inside of us. All that the kingdom of heaven has here on this earth. It's talking about a life of abundance, life overflowing, life without suffering, life without sickness, life without poverty. That's what eternal life is. It's not just endless time. The, the word eternal life, the word life there means is from the word zoe, which means absolute fullness, real, genuine life. And finally, the last definition means to last forever. It is the fullness of everything that God has for us. See, there's an initial download when we accepted Christ that is all of heaven at once just into you, just right onto you, right? The fullness of heaven. We don't have to wait for it. We don't have to wait till we die to get the fullness of heaven. And when we understand this, when we understand the fullness of Christ and we understand our oneness with Christ, it's going to lead us into, in, into walking into a position of authority. And that's what I want to talk about this morning, is us walking into the position of authority. You know, sometimes we forget about authority. We can get so focused on, on, on the power of God without the realization of the authority of God. And it's actually God's authority, the authority that he gives us, that leads us into his power. And we're, when we're living solely on God's power, then... then we may not always see the miraculous in our lives. When we're just focused on the power of God, we may not always see the miraculous because it's the authority that leads us into the miraculous. Allow me to explain. See, in this church, it can be so easy to walk in the miraculous. Like, we see miracles almost on a regular basis, every Sunday to Sunday. But that's because we feel God's power, right? We feel his tangible presence. We feel the heaviness of God. I shared uh, a couple weeks ago that, that this church is like an embassy, right? Because we are all ambassadors. Paul said we are ambassadors of Christ, so that makes this an embassy, right? Now, embassies are not, uh, they don't operate under the rules and regulations of the country in which they're in. They operate under the rules and regulations from where they're from. So the Canadian embassy in communist China doesn't operate under communist rule. They operate under the rules and regulations of Canada because they are Canadian soil in China. Much like we are on the kingdom of the earth, but this house, this is an embassy, and so we operate under the rules and regulations of heaven because we are ambassadors in an embassy. Now, we may not always feel God's power when we're out and about on the street, right? We're always gonna see the miraculous here because we always feel God's power. But when we go outside of the church and the pastor's not with us or the worship team isn't playing a, a lullaby or melody or whatever right behind us, not a lullaby. <laughs> but when we don't feel the power of God, 
like we do in this place, when we're out and about, then that's when we choose to walk into the authority of Christ. Because it's the authority of Christ that leads to God's power. I heard it best described as that the power of God is like riding a spiritual wave. Okay, we're just caught up in wherever the Spirit of God's leaving. We're caught up in the power of God. But when we're operating out of authority, it's similar to creating that wave. Right? We are creating the wave of God's power by stepping into authority. Now, authority invites God's power to operate through us. If we don't feel power, then we can choose to take a step of faith and step into God's authority in us by reminding ourselves of who Christ is within us, reminding ourselves of the oneness that we have with Jesus, that he in his absolute fullness lives inside of us. God revealed to me a couple months ago, we were on a... Carly and I went down to California for a little vacation and, and God re- kind of revealed to me that authority is like riding a really fancy sports car. Um, we, uh, usually we go to, that's the beautiful thing we got right there. Hallelujah. Uh, so <laughs> normally when we go on vacation, we just get the cheapest thing that takes us from point A to point B, who cares. But we got to the desk and the teller's like, so we had a last minute cancellation. Normally this would be like 100 bucks more a day. Like, Ooh but we can give it to you for less than 20 bucks a day. I'm like, hallelujah, favor the Lord, pleasure to meet you. <laughs> so, so Carolyn gave me a look and I was like, yeah, we're doing it. It's totally outside of my norm. I would not normally do that, but like God wants to bless his kids sometimes. Can I just take a break and say that God wants to bless you sometimes? It's okay, like all the time he wants to bless you, but it's okay to receive that, okay? Even if it's in the form of a red fancy sports car, like God wants to bless you, it's okay. So anyways, he's like, we got this red shiny Ford Mustang brand new. And of course, like you're looking at the teller and, and there's a window right behind him and there it is staring right at me. Like I have to, okay. Anyway, so we got this car and it had all the bells and whistles and, and I, I sat inside of it and like it had everything you can imagine. Like it even had air conditioned seats. Like I've never heard of that. But don't ever get it. It's like, it feels like you wet yourself. It's the weirdest feeling. Like don't do that. <laughs> I don't even know what I was talking about. Um, Red sports car, thanks. And the power that that thing had. My goodness, the power. Like, I had a very ungodly moment on the highway, I'll admit. But, like, I repented, so it's all good. Um, (laughs) But the power, that thing had so much power. But you see, in order to access all that power, I had to first be willing to to sign a contract. I had to be willing to pay for the thing. I also had to be willing to, you know, show my driver's license and insurance and all that stuff. Now, all of that stuff was my access. That was my access to use that. Our access into authority in the kingdom is in the cross and in saying yes to Jesus. And that moment when we said yes to Jesus, it was like when the teller handed me over the key and said, go have fun. Here is all the power. This is your authority to use all of that power. He gave me the key, which allowed me to operate in all the bells and whistles and the power that came with that car. Just like now that we have all the authority in the world to walk in the greatness of the kingdom of heaven because God's handed you the keys to the power. This morning, I want to show you what authority looks like in the kingdom of heaven. I want to share with you. I want you to leave this place knowing that you and Christ are one and that we can walk in the authority that Christ has given us. He's given us authority over so many areas, over, over sickness, over, uh, he, we, can, you know, we can have divine multiplication, divine health, or, um, finances, control over finances, or authority over finances, and even taking captive our thoughts. 
But this morning, I want to focus more on the avenue of healing and miracles and our authority over that. Shocking, Scott wants to talk about miracles. <laughs> um, but I know this, is, this may be such a simple message, but you guys, the gospel is so simple and we so overcomplicate it sometimes, right? But the authority of God is so beautiful. Let's jump into some scripture here. Colossians 1 verse 27 says, living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. See, it is not our hope, but it is his hope. And it is not us living inside of us. It is Christ living inside of us because we died to ourselves. I wonder what the church body would look like if it got the revelation that the fullness of Christ lives within you. That everything that Jesus is lives within us. And that if we understood who we are and that we walked in the glory of saints and the authority of saints and not sinners. You know, so often I hear so many people that say that there is just a sinner saved by grace. Nuh-uh. That's not who we are. That's not what we've, we've been called. So many people think that, that we're sinners saved by grace, but how can we be sinners if we have the sinless king reigning through us? Do we sin sometimes? Yeah, sometimes. But when we sin, we sin outside of our nature. Sin doesn't make you a sinner. The Bible says that when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, when, when we have an encounter with God, completely changes who we are. He changes your identity. He changes your very name. He changes what he calls you. Look, at, look through at the Bible. Look at Abram. He had an encounter with God and God changed his name to Abraham. Look at... Uh, Jacob. Jacob was a liar and a deceiver, but then he had an encounter with God, and God changed what he called him to Israel. Look at Saul. Saul was literally murdering Christians, and he had an encounter with Jesus, and Jesus completely changed what he called him. He was no longer called Saul, but he changed his identity to Paul. Your life will change when you start seeing yourself the way that God sees you and the way that God calls you. You know, when Paul wrote all the letters to the different churches, he didn't write it to the, to the sinners of Corinth, to the sinners of Ephesus, and to the sinners of Galatia. No, he wrote it to the saints, to the saints of Corinth, to the saints. See yourselves as saints. You know, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But so often we feel condemnation, but can I tell you, condemnation will, it'll take something that you did but it'll give you a name for it. It'll label you with something. Like if you've ever smoked a cigarette, condemnation would call you a smoker. If you believe that you're a smoker, then you'll struggle with smoking for the rest of your life. And by faith, you will smoke for the rest of your life. If you've ever done drugs, condemnation would call you a drug addict. If you believe that you're a drug addict, then you will struggle with drugs for the rest of your life. If you have sinned, condemnation will call you a sinner. And if you believe that you're a sinner, then you'll struggle with sin for the rest of your life. But if you see yourself the way that God sees you, as a saint, then you will not struggle with the things that you've struggled with for a really long time because you'll see yourself the way that God sees you. We cannot afford to see ourselves the way that the world sees us or the way that the enemy tells us to look at ourselves. But we need to look at ourselves as saints and saints have positions of authority. And Jesus gave us all that authority. Jesus had all authority given to him. Matthew 28, verse 18. 
says, Jesus came close to them and said, all authority of the universe has been given to me. Now go in my authority and make disciples of all nations. And Colossians 2.15 says, then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority. Who has authority? We do. The enemy has none because Jesus gave it all to us. Okay, I want to show you what this looks like. Sometimes it can be helpful to have a little visual. So I want to show you what the authority chain looks like between a believer and a non-believer. So first we're going to look at the authority of a non-believer. If you want to go ahead and show that. So Jesus is at the top, of course. Now under Jesus is Satan. This is for the non-believers. Because Satan is prince in power, the ruler of the air. He's the ruler of the world. Under Satan, demonic spirits. Under demonic spirits is humans, those who are non-believers, who are influenced by the enemy and the demonic spirits. And under the humans are animals, although a lot of dog owners would probably disagree that they have no authority over their animal. (laughs) But when we got saved, the authority chain changed. We got upgraded, first class, right beside Jesus. Hallelujah. See, it goes Jesus, then it goes us. If you accepted Christ, you are no longer under the influence of the enemy. The enemy has no authority over you. You got upgraded to be with Jesus, to have the authority that Jesus carries. And then under Satan, the demonic spirits and animals. I love the way that Colossians 2 verse 9 to 10 says this. He says, For he is the complete fullness of deity, living in human form. This is Jesus talking, or talking about Jesus. And our own completeness is now found in him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. You guys, Jesus is bubbling up like a volcano in each and every single one of us, and he wants out, okay? He's ready to burst. Y'all, I'm gonna explode because Jesus wants to get out. And he wants to get out of every single one of you. Jesus was never meant for us to hold on to and just keep to ourselves. He was meant for us to give him away, to spread the love, to spread the joy. You know, I've been studying the the Gospels recently and and looking at Jesus' life and looking at at all the things that he did, you know. He, he, you know, walked in in, in such great authority and and he commanded healing. He he commanded the weather even, like divine provision, just amazing. And I wonder what we would look like if we started walking in that kind of authority, all right? Jesus, like, I started looking through the lens of everything that Jesus is doing, I should be doing, right? So I'm gonna start commanding the weather and you guys, we're gonna have summer here all year long. It's golf, golf season all year long, hallelujah. You want a verse for that? Matthew 18, 18 says, receive this truth, whatever you forbid on earth will be considered forbidden in heaven. Whatever you release on earth will be considered released in heaven. So everybody say with me, I forbid snow. <laughs> Thank you. It's done, Hallelujah. the ministry of Jesus everything that he walked in is 100% transferable to us you know we hate that word authority in the world because it's so fear based like but but God God's view of authority is so based out of love it's not based out of fear it's based out of love and I love our unity with Christ 
our oneness with Christ. And sometimes I just spend a minute and like in every day and I just, I just thank God that he's in me. And like, you guys, it releases something. It really does. Like it shifts our focus, right? We're supposed to take captive our thoughts. And, and, and so I just shift my focus to Jesus and it's like something changes and it's like I can, I can walk in whatever God wants me to walk in. It's awesome. Hey, Romans eight twenty nine says, for he knew all about us before we were born and he destined us from the beginning to share in the likeness of Christ. We're meant to share in everything that Jesus walked in. And we're supposed to understand that we are filled with Christ. You know, I think the kids get it better than we do. Like if we were to walk into kids' church right now, you ask them where Jesus lives, they'd say inside of me, right? Everybody gets this. All the kids get this, that Jesus lives in fullness. And, and Jesus' oneness with God is what he's extended to us. He extended oneness with him through faith. We've been born again, uh, not just born again, but we've actually been born into Jesus. We've been born into his life. John 17, to 23 says, for the glory you have given to me, I have given to them so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. You live fully in me and now I live fully in them so that they will experience perfect unity and the world will be convicted that you've sent me. See, when, when we realize that we are one with Jesus, our oneness with Jesus will be what attracts non-believers. When people see the glory of God shining through every single one of us, then that'll be what attracts non-believers, right? And we'll be able to walk in all the things that Jesus walked in. Jesus' ministry was setting the standard for how we should live. And we're not meant to be just like Christ, we're actually meant to be in Christ. Now, I want to shift gears here for a few minutes and talk about healing and, and the avenue of authority over healing. Um, because so often, you know what, so often we can strive for healing. Like, we work so hard to heal. How many know that it's not us that heals? It's Jesus that heals? You know, it, it, healing shouldn't be about work. It actually should be the complete opposite. It should be about rest. And resting in the fact that Jesus is in us. Jesus, in his fullness, is in us. Jesus' very name, Emmanuel, actually means God with us. Our union with Christ is the most powerful thing about us. And when we realize that Jesus is, is fully in us, then, then we can walk in that stuff because it's like, okay, if Jesus is fully in me, then like his hands, like when, when I touch someone like to bring healing, like it's God's hands touching that person. And like everything that Jesus touched was healed. We should expect greatness and operate in greatness because the greatest one lives within us. You know, when, when it, like I said, when it comes to healing, we can often strive for it. You know, we work really hard. We pray these really long prayers. I've been guilty of it too. And it's like, like we quote these scriptures as if God doesn't know the Bible. And you know, like sometimes we'll squint and we're like, man, if I squint, like maybe God will see that I really care. <laughs> right? But all the work that was ever done for healing was done 2,000 years ago. And we don't have to do anything more to do it other than walk in rest and walk in our authority in Christ and our oneness with him. It's that simple. Recognize that the king of glory lives within us. We overthink it. And I'm guilty of praying long, hard prayers. It's like we try and convince God and we bring this like laundry list of reasons why he should heal somebody. Well, you know, Aunt Betty's been really good this year. Like he's not Santa Claus, okay? It's Jesus that's healing with, through us. We don't have to convince God. We try and convince him as if it's a struggle that God doesn't want to heal any, anybody. But it was his idea in the first place. 
That's who Jesus is, our healer. You know, there's so much simplicity to walking in healing that sometimes doesn't even require words because it's not our words that heal, it's Jesus that heals, right? Uh, we were at the airport, Curling had a, a, a really sore back a couple months ago, and I, I literally, I just, I closed my eyes. I didn't say a word. I put my hand on her back, and I just thought about Jesus, and like, whoa, Jesus, you're inside me in, in your fullness. Like, I didn't say a word, and within seconds, the pain was totally gone. Like, we don't need our words because it's Jesus that heals, I want to I challenge the way that you think about healing. It's so simple. You guys, we so overcomplicate it. And, and I'm going to give us an opportunity in a few minutes to, to walk in it. And I want to show you how easy it is. But, you know, there, there's, no, there's no, like, five-step process to healing. You know, we love formulas here in North America, right? We love flow charts and like this is how you do it. It's black and white. But no, it's like the kingdom of God is gray for sure. Um, like Jesus actually, even like he took dirt and spit and rubbed it together and rubbed it in a guy's eyes and he could see. Like there is no formula. But I guarantee you like somewhere, some ministry, some church, somewhere at some time took like a bucket of dirt and a bucket of spit and walked around and like rubbed it together and rubbed it on people's wounds. Like I guarantee you somewhere somebody did that called it the muddy eyes like but no what I want to say is what Jesus was trying to do here was show that there's no one way to bring about healing there isn't um there's but I want to share with you that the greatest breakthrough that I've seen I've received is when we walk in the authority that God's given us and that we don't have to work for it you guys all we got to do is rest and I I so want to see God's kids empowered I want to see God, the church of God activated in, 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 in the avenue of healing. Because like, I get so much excitement when, when I see someone who, who doesn't know God and, and I pray for them and they've been in pain for years and that pain just goes in an instant. Like you, when you see their eyes light up, there is no greater feeling. Like, and I want to see the church activated in that. I want to see the city of Kingston just get blown away by the miraculous power of God. We don't have to ask authority. God's given us his authority. <clears throat> Can we all agree that Jesus is the standard for living? Jesus is our standard, right? I've been walking through the gospels and never once did I see Jesus ask for healing. He didn't ask God for healing. He commanded healing. And it was with such few words. It was like, be healed. Or like, get up and walk. Or like, Lazarus, wake up. Like the, the simplest things. But, and so if Jesus is our standard, then we should be walking in the same thing that Jesus did. The only difference between our prayers and Jesus' prayers is that he didn't have to say, in Jesus' name. <laughs> right? That's the only difference. It should be that easy. But when we bargain with God, when we plead with God, we're trying to like convince God. We're like trying to twist his arm for a healing. And, and, and when we're doing that, we're asking him, although it's not our intention, what we're really doing is we're asking him to go back on the cross for us. Because once wasn't enough. But let me tell you, Jesus died once for all, for all sin, for all sickness, for all disease, for everything. He died once for all. He took it all on the cross. And we participated in his death. 
All right, Colossians 3 verse 1 said that we died with Christ and we are raised with him to new life. We are crucified with him. Okay, we died to our earthly, fleshly selves. We died to our powerless selves and, and, and our lack of authority and we are raised up completely new, completely new creation. We are raised up in power. We are raised up in a position of authority with Jesus. We got upgraded. We don't have to ask for healing because he has given us that permission to heal. It's like if I were to be at work, for those of you who don't know, I'm a paramedic, and if I, if I were to go to a car accident where there's like 20 patients, and, and I got there and everyone was hurt, and like, it's like if I got on the phone to the supervisor, and be like, like, can you come down and, and, and bandage these people up for me? Like, like can you do it? I'm like, and he, what, how do you think he would respond? I'd say, no, like, you have a license to help people. I, you have the ability. I gave you the ability to help people. We have a license to heal. We have a license to walk in the authority of Christ. God didn't say to pray for the sick. God said to heal the sick. We have that authority. We've been given the name of Jesus. You know, Jesus is the perfect model of a life that's fully dependent on Father God and walking in full authority. Yet never once do we see Jesus ask God a question about healing. In fact, the only time that Jesus ever asked God a question was when he was hanging on the cross full of sin, saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When he was full of sin, the, the world's sin. Jesus never asked, he simply released. I'm not saying that we should never ask God questions. That's not what I'm saying. Because the Bible does say that we should petition with God. And the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. But when it comes to things that, that he's paid a price for, then we don't have to ask him for it. We can just go and do it. Um, it's about prayers of petition, not about recognition. Last Sunday, um, <laughs> uh, I was doing my morning devotion. We were in Ottawa with uh, Carling's family and as I was doing my morning devotion, I was reading in 2 Corinthians and, and it was talking about Paul and the thorn in his flesh. And I got this crazy, awesome revelation. I was so excited. And so I went to go uh, share it with Carling and I was like chasing her around the house a little bit and I had to step over this, um, this baby gate. And I stepped over this baby gate and onto the hardwood floor and I, I like pivoted on my foot and th this piece of hardwood, it was an inch and a half long. It jabbed its way all the way through my toe from one end to the other. It was like super thick and it was like, it's a dark hardwood so you could like actually see it under a layer of skin. So like as I was getting so excited about Paul's thorn in the flesh, I literally got my own thorn in the flesh. <laughs> Seriously. Like, God is so funny sometimes. <laughs> I asked for revelation too when I got it so it's good. Um, <laughs> anyways, that verse, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8 to 9. This is Paul talking about his thorn in the flesh. It says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he, God answered me. He said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Okay, God's grace is God's power, all right? We can see by this verse, just the way it's written. It says, my grace is sufficient for you, comma, Four. That means that there is a direct correlation between my power and my grace. And we see throughout all the scriptures that when God's grace is talked about, it's his empowerment. Yes, it's the forgiveness of sins for sure, but it's also God's empowerment, right? So Paul begged three times, God, take away this thorn in the flesh, please. But how did God respond? He said, my power is enough for you. My power is enough for you. Let's go back to my toe. Do you think if I sat there looking at my toe, 
and this giant splinter. I should have taken a picture of it. That would have been so great. Um, if I looked at this thing and said, God, please take it away from me. God, please take it away. God, please take it out. Do you think it would have come out? Maybe it could have, but no. See, God revealed to me in that moment that, that he has given me all the power to walk in the authority, to take that thing out myself. He has given me the grace and, and the authority to walk in that and, and to bring about a healing. And no, I don't heal people. I have no idea what I'm doing. God is the only one that heals. But he gives us the authority to, to do it ourselves, to walk in that through the name of Jesus because he has put his name on each and every one of you. Paul asks three times, God, God, says, God says, basically, why are you asking? Because I've given you that power and it's always enough. I had to slice open my own foot for that revelation, so I hope you guys appreciated that. <laughs> One final verse for you. Luke 10, 19 says, Now you understand that I have imparted to you all my authority to trample over his kingdom. This is Jesus talking. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. Wow, we have received all authority. Why have we received all authority? To trample on, his, on the enemy's kingdom. If we're not trampling on the enemy's kingdom, what are we doing with it? We've received a full impartation. You know, this is so key. We can't let this pass us by, but we can trample over the enemy's kingdom. I feel like so many times we, 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 we run away from the devil, but I think we need to start, stop running away from the devil and start running through the devil because he's given that power to do it. Right? Look at Moses when he had, with the Israelites coming up to the Red Sea and the Egyptians were chasing after him. What did he do? He didn't go around the sea. He didn't build a bunch of boats and go over it. No, he split the darn thing and went right through it. It's time that we as Christians start putting our staff down and start splitting oceans. It's time that we start operating and activating the name of Jesus and making our roadblocks bow down to the name of Jesus. We need to start running through the devil. You know, I love what John Wimber says about, about power and authority. It says, even though the 12 disciples were given power and authority of the kingdom, they still had to exercise it. Until they actually healed the sick and cast out demons, their power and authority meant very little. To understand what you have, to understand what you, have you actually have to use it. And if you want more, you actually have to give it away. You have to give away what you've already been given. See, we in North America, 21st century culture, if we have something special, we hoard it, right? It's so good, I'm keeping it myself. But the kingdom of God is, is, is so backwards to that. Luke 6, 38 says, give and it will be given to you. We need to give away the kingdom of God. We need to give away the healing that God has, has the gift of healing that God has given every single one of us. We need to give it away. See, authority is the key. See, the enemy has power. He does. But what he doesn't have is authority. Because Jesus gave all authority to us. And if we have all of it, how much does the enemy have? None. You know, so often we can get little tastes of power here and there. And, you know, we can see a miracle from like Sunday to Sunday or something like that. But, but, but it's, it's so seldom. It's like, it's like we're not getting very much of it. But I'm tired of seeing that. I want to see it every single day in my life. And it's like, it's like we're living a, a sample-sized Christianity. It's like we're not seeing all of it. But I'm, I don't want to live a sample-sized Christianity. I want the whole thing. Anybody ever been to Costco? <laughs> right? It's so much better when you have a kid because you can get double the samples. Um, Joel, you know what I'm talking about. 
Okay, we love going for samples, right? Everybody loves going to Costco just for the samples, but what was the purpose of the samples? It wasn't so that you could satisfy your hunger for another hour. But it was so that you would actually buy the product, right? It's so that you would buy the product. You have access to the Costco whatever membership because you have the card. You have access because you're a member of the club. You have access to not just the nibbles of the samples, but you can actually buy the whole thing. You can buy a pallet of the whole thing if you really want. Okay, the same is true with Christianity. We have access through the cross. We have authority through salvation to not just taste power here and there to satisfy us for a little bit, but to have the whole thing to the point of overflowing. We have that access through our salvation. So why are we not using it? I wanna, I wanna encourage you guys not to settle. Don't settle for sample-sized Christianity. I wanna see us trample the devil and his kingdom. You guys wanna trample the devil? I'm so fired up about the kingdom of God that I wanna see it manifest everywhere we go. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com.